This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Other side of midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. Thank you for tuning in. And you, my friend, are in luck. Because generally, you know, there are different markets that carry different hours of this show and in different order. But so normally what I do is I try to make every hour of this show stand alone. As if it could be its own standalone show. Not always, but but often I do. So this way, if um, you know you're, you're picking this up, you know just one isolated hour. Or if you're in a market that takes certain hours and not others, that you're not lost. You don't. You feel like you're in on the joke if we treat any hour like it's its own. However, something really fascinating has happened. I am beginning to feel like I am losing my voice. And not only do we have one more week of show, one more day of shows this week, but next week, with the exception of uh, one day, not only am I doing all of our regular shift, but I'm filling in on a bunch of other shows. So I need to preserve my voice. So what we're going to do this and yours to your benefit. We are going to allow you to call in and comment on anything that we have covered thus far, even if it's from an hour that the people that are listening to this program right now didn't necessarily hear. The only thing that I would ask, it's treat it like a spelling bee. What do I mean by that? Well, when you when you when you asked at a spelling bee, <coughs> spell the word cat. You or, or uh, spelling bee is not the right. Idea. Treat it like a verbal example, a, a verbal exam, where you you are asked to say explain what chocolate pudding is. Rather than say dessert, you answer in a complete sentence. Chocolate pudding is a dessert. So maybe just this hour, since we're giving you the leeway to comment on whatever you want, when you call in and say, hey, I wanted to talk about vocal fry, which you were talking about earlier, and but 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 You get what I'm saying. Answer, make it so that the people that are just joining us right now don't feel lost. I think it's the least that we can do for them, Right. Um, for if you are listening to this show right now and you are kind of wondering what have I been talking about for the last, you know, couple of hours, I think you should absolutely make a point of subscribing to the podcast. All you have to do is go to redapplepodcastnetwork.com 
search the other side of midnight and you can hear everything that you might have missed. Also, if you have a smartphone, just search the other side of midnight on any podcast app and you uh, you know, you can get all of the episodes downloaded to your phone each and every day. All right. We're just a few days away from Christmas. And a lot of the traditions for people, including in my household, is watching Christmas movies. My wife watches um, Home Alone every year. She also watches Christmas Vacation every year. Those are both classics. She also likes Elf. I don't know if Elf is part of her annual tradition, but she likes Elf. She likes Love Actually. And, you know, different people have different Christmas movies they like. Tony, you have a favorite Christmas movie? Um, Bill Murray's um, Scrooge. That, that's mine. That that is mine. Uh, it's tied with a Muppet Christmas Carol, but maybe that that might have edged that one. That's mine. Uh, what about you, Matt Blaze? I know you're Jewish. I'm sorry if this is an offensive question. I too watch Home Alone every year. I watch. I would have to say though, my favorite is Elf. Elf. Okay. Yeah. So that's a classic that just celebrated its 20th anniversary, and 20 years ago. When Elf was in theaters, there was another film that's become something of a holiday classic. It was called uh, Love Actually, which I only saw. I only saw both of those movies relatively recently. I saw Elf for the first time about ten years ago, and I saw uh, Love Actually for the first time about six years ago. And those are the people are saying those will be the last two theatrical Christmas blockbusters. They do make new Christmas movies, including Spirited, which came out last year, which I thought was terrific. That's on Netflix. But they're saying because of the nature of film distribution now, the era of the Christmas blockbuster is over. So we all know the classic Christmas films, right? Uh, Aside from the ones we just mentioned, we all know It's a Wonderful Life. We all know A Christmas Story. We all know A Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, These guys mentioned Elf and the other ones. We all know How the Grinch Stole Christmas. We all know about um, the 9,000 versions of A Christmas Carol. I think there's even more versions of A Christmas Carol than there are Frankenstein. We all know about The Nightmare Before Christmas, White Christmas, Miracle on 34th Street. We all know about uh, the debate over whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. However, let's say someone is listening to us who's a little adventurous, who's a contrarian, who likes to go against the grain, that somebody this week or this weekend going into the Christmas season or next week, maybe they got a few days off and they never get a chance to just kick back, relax. Maybe it's someone who's got time to watch a Christmas movie, but they don't want to see Christmas Vacation for the 900th time, or It's a Wonderful Life for the 9,000th time. I was doing a lot of research as to what the most underrated Christmas movies are of all time. And I have come up with one, two, three, four, five. Five, uh, maybe, I'm going to say four. And three of the four are are comedies. What do you think is the most underrated Christmas movie of all time? A question. Since before your sun burned hot in space and before your race was born, I have awaited 
a question. 800-848-9222. I have not seen this film, uh, but a lot of people say it's Fred Claus. Warner Brothers Pictures invites you to come home for the holidays. It has been a hundred years since you spoke to mom. For good reason. You're looking at a man who can fly around the world in a single night. You amaze me. I think it's absolutely amazing. I mean, to think that he can fly around to a million houses in one night breaking and entering, steal all the food, eat the little kids' cookies and stuff like that. And I get Jack just talking about it. Don't you guys feel it? Oh, family's together again. Fun, fun, fun. So uh, it sounds clever. It, you know, uh, I haven't seen it, but that's a movie that I would watch. Other people say it's Christmas with the Cranks with uh, Tim Allen and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. In this friendly little town, there lived an enchanting family named the Cranks. Every year, they would celebrate Christmas together. Merry Christmas! Until the year their daughter Blair left for the holidays. It won't be the same. Then, Luther got a brilliant idea. We skip Christmas. We'll go bask in the Caribbean sun. We skip Christmas? What's up? No Christmas Eve party? Run away from Christmas, huh? A lot of the neighbors are pretty upset. What's yours? What Christmas movie do you think is a must-watch that most people haven't seen or don't know about or maybe don't consider a Christmas movie? Here's my list. Ready? One is well-known, but people don't generally think of it as a Christmas movie, but it generally is. And I'm not. no, I'm not talking about Die Hard. I'm not interested in having the Is Die Hard a Christmas movie debate for the 900th time. Gremlins. Gremlins is absolutely a Christmas film. I mean, it's integral to the plot. And it is a great film. Uh, Love, love, love Gremlins. Absolutely love it. Another film that um, I don't, I think most people have not seen this film, but it's, it's very funny and it is a Christmas film, is The Ref. Have you ever seen The Ref? It's uh, Dennis Leary. It's David Hyde Pierce. No, not David Hyde Pierce. Um, well, maybe he is in it. It's been years since I saw it. Kevin Spacey is in it. Christine Baranski. And and basically, Dennis Leary plays a, a cat burglar who's abandoned by his partner in the middle of a, a heist. And he's forced to take this, this bickering couple hostage on Christmas Eve. And it's it's very funny. Uh, the other ones I'll mention are Mixed Nuts. You know, I'm a Steve Martin fanatic, and that has another one of my favorites in it, M- Madeline Kahn. That's terrific. And um, the other one, th- that it's not a conventional comedy like uh, Mixed Nuts is, but it's kind of a wholesome family Christmas film that I get the sense that a lot of people haven't seen. It's called The Family Stone. It's terrific. I mean, that is a classic Christmas film. The plot is a classic Christmas film. The acting, the way it uh, you know ties things together, the 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 it's great. It's a great and but for for some reason, Love Actually people always talk about that. Elf people always talk about that. I don't ever ever hear anybody talk about the Family Stone. So if we're making a list of the most underrated Christmas films of all time, what are you putting on it? I've got Gremlins. I've got The Ref. I've got Mixed Nuts. I've got Trading Places. Tra- Trading Places. I don't know if it's underrated. I think that's a film where. They don't consider it a Christmas movie, um, but I, I I do, and I've got the family stone. What are yours? 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Oh, original Rick is in original New Jersey. Hi. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. I'd like to uh, talk about 
I'm trying to phrase it the way you want us to phrase it. About what you talked about last hour, twirling your hair, if that's okay. Sure, Rick. You're the listener of the week. You have carte blanche. Oh, oh, my God. Anyway, I I didn't catch if you mentioned, do you like doing it or not doing it? I mean, mean, you like doing it because it feels good, but do you not like being compelled to do it? I, I honestly don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't even think about it. Honestly, it's, I, I. It's second nature. I mean, I would rather not do it because I look like a mental patient. But okay, yes, yes, I understand because I am an ex hair twirler, and Frank, this is addicting. as any substance abuse. It really is. I mean, if you're addicted to something like smoking or drinking or something, you do it every. I, I, I would walk around the house basically one-handed doing chores with my right hand and twirling with my left like a maniac, like you said. And people would say, you're twirling your hair again, twirling your hair again. And so what I did, Frank, is I, I took away the ability to do it. I changed my hairstyle a little bit. Instead of having it long in the back, I had it graded with the buzzer. You know, so, and, and for a little while, I'd go back there and try to do it. And I was like, oh, my God, where is it? Where is it? But you get over it. And now I'm, I'm back to my old hairstyle again, but I don't have the com- compulsion to do it because I got over the addiction. Well, Rick, you know, so that I that does help to some extent, but w- because I do like um, a short hairstyle in general. <clears throat> but what happens with me is I will find the one strand of hair that's remaining, and I'll twirl that one strand of hair and pluck it. I actually get more obsessed. Because it's like a detective novel. I try to find the one (laughs) hair that's still there. But let's say I can't find that one hair. What I then do is I will then twirl my chest hair. I go. Oh, my God. When I go from not being able to uh, twirl any of the hair on my head, I then migrate down to my chest hair. And many people have noticed that. It's very disturbing. Very disturbing. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Joe and Ron Konkama, what's the most underrated Christmas film of all time? Well, first off, I want to wish you and your whole family a very Merry Christmas. Likewise, David, my brother, David, likewise. Family. I hope your throat feels better. About five years ago, Frank, it was a, a show on, they don't play it anymore because it was very controversial. It's a cartoon. It's called Murray Saves Christmas. It's about a Jewish delicatessen diner owner that saves Christmas by playing Santa. And it's a cartoon version. You could buy it on DVD. And my kids, we watched it. Like, we were flicking around looking for a a thing to watch on a Friday night. And we watched it. And we died laughing. But, you know, due to political correctness, they won't put it back on TV ever again. And uh, it was hilarious. It it had a good uh, plot at the end. And it... it's called Murray Saves Christmas, and if you ever could, I think you could watch the digital version on your computer. It's it's really good. It's a little controversial, but my kids every year ask me, Dad, you got the DVD out? You want to watch it? And it's like a tradition now in our family. Yeah, I, Joe, I got to be honest. I've never I've never heard of this. This is exactly what I want to what I want to put a list together for. I'm going to check this out. Murray Saves Christmas. Correct. Hey. Have a great one, Frank, and I hope you feel better. Merry Thank Christmas. you, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, I feel fine. I just, you know, my voice is a little hoarse, but I feel great. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. What is the most underrated Christmas film of all time? Tony! 
What about um Home for the Holidays? Is that underrated though? You don't see that. People don't. You don't see that every year. Like the the regular movies, like Home Alone, Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. See, I view Home for the Holidays as one of the rare Thanksgiving movies. I view it as a Thanksgiving movie, which, and that's kind of the category that I put it in. It does work on both levels. And I think maybe, okay, I'll count that one. That's got a lot of my favorites in it, obviously, and Bancroft and uh, Steve Gutenberg. Okay, I'll go along with that. I'll go along with that. But again, when I make my list of the 10 Thanksgiving movies that exist, that's always on the list. Marty in Baltimore, what's an underrated Christmas film? Holiday Affair with Robert Mitchum and Janet Leigh. I Uh, love that film. And you're right. That is is underrated. It is a great movie. Another one is The Bishop's Wife. Yeah, with, uh, with uh, Cary Grant. Grant. Yeah, and and uh, there's another one called um, uh, It Happened on Fifth Avenue. Turner Classic Movies runs all three of them. But that uh, it, it, uh, it kind of finishes up with uh, Christmas and New Year's. But it's you know, I've never movie. seen It Happened on Fifth Avenue. I know Alan Hale is in it, but I've never seen it. It's worth checking out, huh? Uh, I don't know if Alan Hale's in it. I, I had, uh, William, the guy that was in Hazel, that played Mr. B, uh, Daniel or Willem, I can't, I can't even think of the guy's name, but a uh, really good movie. I will, I will, I will, I'll keep an eye out for it, but um, those okay. are good, three good ones, I think. Again, I can't vouch for that last one, but I have seen the other two. 800-848-9222. Maria in Long Island, what's an underrated Christmas movie? Oh, Frank, this movie is phenomenal. I've seen it three times already, and I know people out there have seen this one. I'm going to tell you who's in it first, and then I'll tell you the name of the movie, all right? Frank Morgan from The Wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. and James Stewart. It's the shop around the corner. It has everything in it. It's funny. It's very serious because the owner, he, he owns the shop, Frank Morgan. He owns this beautiful store in Budapest. And it's a bunch of people that work there, and it's a love story, and it's a it's a very it's a very magical love story, and it's it's got a love what do they call that love suspense because they fall in love, James Stewart and this this woman who I can't think of her name, and it's a very old movie. Right, it's Ma- Margaret it. Sullivan is the female lead. Thank you, love. Thank you for looking that up. I can't multitask right now, but anyway, Frank, you will love it the, the minute you watch it. Of course, it's a black and white, and I know there's people out there that's seen it, and it's a, I can't I can't say enough about it. All right, Maria, thank you. We'll put it on the list. Thank you. 800-848-9222. Um, Steve is in Brooklyn. Hello, Steve. Hey, thanks, Frank. Say, before I get on to uh, how Biden's deliberately sinking America with the lack of border control, uh, we're the I'm the guy that you tried to hook up an interview with, and we got disconnected. Oh, somehow. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, did Steve, you? I got an email from you, and then, um, and then you know, I said, does such and such a date work? And then I don't think you confirmed it. Well, I, I'm I'm one of these 69 year old uh, people who just can't stand the internet and how the computers make you do all kinds of weird things. So, I gave you my phone number to call me, but. LennonMurderTruth.com. Did you, um, can, can you text? Do you text, Steve? No, I don't text. So, I just really, I'm actually one of these guys who pities anyone not old 
who has to deal with all this contraption stuff. Okay, I just don't want to poison my life with even having to learn any of it. Um, and did you you emailed me your phone number or you left it to one of these guys? Well, I'll tell you what. Let me give it to you right now. No, no, no. Well, don't give it to me on. Don't give it to me on the air. I'll, I'll put you on hold. Okay. No, I have your number here. All right. I'm gonna call you either. Um, I'm gonna call you on Tuesday, and we'll make a plan for next week. Okay. Okay. What what time of the day Tuesday? I'm in we, California. In the afternoon, East Coast afternoon <clears throat> time. All right. So Tuesday, I'll keep my phone. I'll keep it by my side, and we'll. It'll it'll be it'll be a life changing event for both you and me. I'll look forward to that, Steve. Give me a quick comment, and then I want to get back to these folks calling on Christmas movies. <clears throat> well, see, people don't believe that our government would ever sell us down the rocky rat hole of world orderism and communism and fascism. But people, they're doing it, and Biden's border control is just one example. The weaponized court system. And Liz Cheney's next door neighbor, Colorado, teaming up to block Trump's uh, uh, candidacy on the on the ballot with this BS. I mean, we're we're and the they're going after our guns. They're definitely doing that. The media has completely brainwashed the masses. Isn't this what you want to hear around the Christmas infrastructure. season? The communist takeover of America is in full swing. Biden's a traitor, and uh, my favorite is RFK Jr. I'm not a, tr- a, a, a a huge Trump supporter, but at least he is not one of those guys that is selling us down the rocky rattle that let Stephen King shoot John Lennon. These are the guys running the world. Steve, I, I want to have an extended conversation about about this with you, and people could check out LennonMurderTruth.com. But just so folks are clear, and they didn't mishear what you just said. You really do believe that Stephen King murdered John Lennon? Not only that, I'll bet anyone $1,000 he will never deny it. I'll bet anyone $1,000 he will never debate me. He did it, and, he, and he's proud of it. He thinks he did the communist a favor by killing our big voice of reason and truth and peace. All right, and Steve, behind I have too. so many questions about, about this, but... I'm going to, it would be unfair to you and to the listeners for me to try and squeeze them in here. I'm going to call you on Tuesday afternoon. We'll make a plan for next week. Okay, Steve? All right, buddy. Merry Christmas. I have to be honest. You know, I'm thinking of voting for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. But when I, (laughs) and Steve sounds like a, a, a nice enough guy, but when I hear someone who thinks that Stephen King murdered John Lennon and not Mark David Chapman, that he's cons- that he's considering voting for the same person I'm considering voting for. It makes me think, okay, all right, maybe I ought to reconsider. Maybe I'd hold off, pump the brakes on that endorsement. Uh, back to back to you know taking a break from communist plots. Jerry in New Jersey, what is the most underrated Christmas movie of all time? The Feast of the Seven Fishes. Ooh, I'm not familiar with that one. Tell me about it. It's Joey Pantliano is in it, and the rest of the stars, I really don't know. It's a low-budget movie. It's placed in Pennsylvania, the coal mines, how a family, an Italian family, celebrates the feast Christmas Eve, shows the type of fishes they cook, and it's just a kind, loving family. You have a love story there, and you have the typical grandma. You know the one I mean. This looks great. It's just a cute little movie. 
and I fell in love with it. I'm going to check this out. In fact, I um, we have a, a smaller crowd than we typically do on Christmas Eve uh, this year. I may even suggest that we uh, that we check this out. That's they great, They even Jerry. mentioned the seven fishes and how they prepare them, the, especially the bacala, where you've got to change the water every day. I love this. I can't believe I've never seen this. can't believe I've never I heard never of it. I never did either. It's only the last couple of years that we found it. This is great. Well, it's a relatively new film. It's only, uh, only four or five years old. Hey, this oh. is great, Jerry. Thank you. I'm going to check this one out. This looks great. I don't know how I've never heard of this. I'm into the whole Christmas Eve thing. You know I mean. I'm a seafood fanatic. So I'm looking forward to uh, Christmas Eve this weekend. We do a big thing at my dad's. See, my, my parents are divorced, and um, I really do think I get the best of both worlds because some people prefer a large celebration with a lot of people that's raucous. Other people prefer a smaller, pared-down celebration. And I really get both because at my dad's, they, you know, it's a little smaller crowd this year because my um, because some people aren't coming that usually come. But um, it, it's usually about 50 or 60 people, and this year it's going to be about 35 people, and it's, it's raucous. I mean, it's just, it's wild. It's, uh, everyone's drunk, there's all sorts of seafood, there's uh, 10 courses. My father and stepmother, they, they prepare for this for, I'm not exaggerating, weeks, weeks. My mom, she's more of a Christmas Day person. So we go to my mom's on Christmas Day, and that is usually fewer than... 10 people, usually fewer even than eight people. And it's it's great. It's quiet. It's fun. You get to have a conversation. You get to, you know, enjoy the meal. But um, I like both. So I really consider myself blessed to have um, both the traditional seafood fest on Christmas Eve and the more, you know, the quieter, more subdued Christmas Day celebration. Tony, where do you come down? I know you're not Italian, although you could certainly pass for Sicilian. Are you more the Christmas Eve type or the uh, Christmas Day type? Christmas um, Day. Christmas Day. All right. What, um, and, uh, Matt Blaze, you, Christmas to you is a heathen holiday. Right? Well, <laughs> not exactly. I mean, I, I live with someone who's not oh, you do? Jewish. Oh, okay. And we, we're we more Christmas Eve than Christmas Day. Christmas Day is like a lounging around type of day. Just kind of hang out. Well, that's fun. That's fun, too. So what do you do for Christmas Eve, then? We get, so she's Filipino, and we get Filipino food, because uh-huh. we don't really eat it normally. So there's a certain certain Filipino food that we get. What is, give me an example. What's Filipino? It's called pancit. It's sort of like the pasta of Filipino food, and that's the one thing. And then this other stuff that's called um, Shanghai Olympia, which is like these little egg roll things. Oh, which are really good. good. So I, I, that's what I like, so we get that. And then, and then they usually have some sort of skewer. Like a chicken skewer or beef or pork, so we'll get a couple of those. That's the right. sort okay. of tradition. Now, in terms of movies, I had Fred Claus on my list. I told Tony Fred Claus, and there's also another Vince Vaughn movie that I believe is very underrated called Four Christmases. That is with Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon. Robert Duvall, Mary Steenburgen. I love this. John Favreau, Kristen Chenoweth. I mean, it's star-filled. How have I not seen this? I've seen, um, you know, another one that pops up on a lot of lists is Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, No, I've not seen this Four Christmases. Four Christmases is great. I did see this. My wife likes this. And she put it on last year. I love this movie. And I saw it. uh, I saw at least two-thirds of it. I thought it was very funny. I thought it was good. They go to different families and everything. Right. They're, this was both funny. their parents are all yeah, divorced, yeah, yeah, so they have yeah. to go to each one. Yeah. I thought this was, that was good. I saw it last year for the first time. 
or maybe it was the previous year, but I think it was last year. 800-848-9222. Joel in Manhattan, what is the most underrated Christmas film of all time? The most underrated Christmas film of all time is the one that it probably had the most amount of money and biggest budget ever and had over had 400 days of principal photography. I give up. What was it? Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. See, uh, that does take place at Christmas time. You know, there. I think in in order for something to be a Christmas movie, it really mm-hmm. has to be at least watchable for most of the family. Now, Eyes Wide Shut, I liked it, even though a lot of people didn't like it when it came out. But it's filled with sex. I mean, that's part of what's so great about it. I mean, it's wonderful. But you well, really can't true. watch that with your parents or your children. And I mean, that's that's a very sexual movie to view as a Christmas film. Yes. And, you know, I mean, with with kids, yes. With adults, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking, here's what I see, is that what makes it a Christmas film is that in a way it is a family, a family that comes and splits apart and gets back together at the end. Well, again, Joel, uh, Joel, you know we have a very strict no spoiler rule on this program, uh, oh, but that was vague sorry. enough that we're not going to immediately cut you off and dump what you said and play the spoiler alert sound effect. However, um, <laughs> I, I really I would have a tough time, uh, and I'm no uh, shrinking violet. I'm no prude. I wouldn't really be comfortable watching that with my parents, for instance. You know, siblings maybe, friends maybe. I certainly wouldn't watch it with um, with children. But even my parents, I, I don't know. That wouldn't be. I wouldn't be comfortable. Any of the other films that have been mentioned, I would watch with my with my family uh, or friends. Either one. I think that really, to me. You know, when you get into these discussions, what's a Christmas film? Is Die Hard a Christmas film? Is Trading Places a Christmas film? It becomes a question of um, can you enjoy it as a Christmas film? My answer on Eyes Wide Shut is no, that you can't. All right, we're going to continue with your calls in a moment. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. After the hour, I'm Frank Morano. Uh, very pleased to be heard on uh, Talk 1400 WOND in Atlantic City. Very excited next week to be going down to Atlantic City for my uh, annual New Year's Eve Eve bash. 
which uh, is going to be very big this year. I mean, n- not as big as last year in terms of people, but in terms of stature. Trying to get uh, Kelsey Grammer to come. I am trying. No guarantees that he would. And by the way, and he hasn't indicated that he would. Andrew Giuliani says that he's coming. We have the former mayor, Don Guardian, coming. The former disgraced mayor, Frank Gilliam. A uh, lot of disgraced people, a lot of, lot of convicts, a lot of people that are undisgraced. So it's going to be great. If you want an invite and didn't get an invite, just email me, frank.morano at redappleaudionetwork.com, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com, plural, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. So um, <laughs> yesterday I popped my head into my wife's office and I hear her gasp. Honey, what's the matter? <laughs> she tells me, I'm just looking up all... <laughs> All of the registered sex offenders in our neighborhood. Hi, honey. Honey, I mean, okay, I guess it's good to know which houses to avoid. And what'd you find? She says, well, I can't believe this, but this one fella that's a registered sex offender, I grew up with his sister out on Long Island. At least I think of him. I think it's him. I haven't seen him in uh, 10 or 15 years but he looks just like his dad. They got his picture up there. That's how old he would be. And wow. sure enough, I was very good friends with his sister, so-and-so. And the sister moved away. And here, this guy now lives near us. And he's a convicted sex offender. And I said, well, but what did he do? Right? Isn't that the natural question for when you discover there's a sex offender in your neighborhood? What did he do? And um, I, she said, he had sex with a 15-year-old. And so I said, well... How old is he? Or how old was he? That's what I said. And she says, 30, I don't know, 35? I said, oh, my. And then she says, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 that's how old he is now. Well, let me do some math. Oh, I guess at the time of the incident, it it he was only 20. I said, okay, well, then, I mean, it's bad, but it's not that bad. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Nobody wants to encourage a 20-year-old sleeping with a 15-year-old, but that's not like downloading child porn or, God forbid, abducting a six-year-old and molesting a six-year-old. I mean, there's a world of difference between a 20-year-old sleeping with a 15-year-old and a, uh, you know, somebody molesting a five-year-old. I mean, we, we so anyway, she's do, she goes on this deep dive, right? She's researching all of the registered sex offenders in our neighborhood. And she finds, in our zip code, rather, she finds there's this one little neighborhood where there's like three blocks that for whatever reason are loaded with sex offenders. And you have this, this no exaggeration, it's maybe a mile, one square mile, it's packed with like four or five sex offenders. And these are sex offenders not who were 20 and slept with a teenager. These are sex offenders, sex offenders, child porn, that kind of thing. And she tells me what neighborhood this is, what block it is. She says... I do not want you taking Carmine trick-or-treating there ever. Carmine's not allowed to hang out there. If he makes a friend that lives in this neighborhood um, and he wants to go stay over little Bobby's house, you said, no, no, how about Bobby can stay over here? So uh, it was important to know. She says, why do they all live in the same two or three block radius? Well, I said, I think the answer is obvious. She says, I don't think it is. I said, well, what happened is this. They're not able to live near any schools. And this is an area that's not near any schools. And then 
when the realtors realize it's not near any schools, that the only people that are really going to be enthusiastic about living there are registered sex offenders, that's who then they market to. So I guarantee you there's all these specialty realtors out there that are trying to corner the market on registered sex offenders. So that's that's one of the things that we did today. Um, so that's that. All right. Uh, 800-848-9222. Give me an uh, underrated Christmas movie, Linda in Poughkeepsie. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am I- wonderful. Thank you. Okay. I've got a movie that perhaps is not underrated, but is underseen and underappreciated. And it's called Donovan's Reef. Oh, sure. I've seen Donovan's Reef. That's a great film. It is. And it's good for the family. The production values are fabulous. The color. It was directed by John Ford. Yeah, it's a John Wayne, Lee Marvin film. That's great. Two of my favorites. Oh, yes, it's got a fabulous cast, even Dorothy L'Amour and Cesar Romero and Jack Warden. It's it's really a—you can enjoy it with your family, and you can really unwind. It's got Christmas, it's got comedy, and just—it's a whole package right there. Yeah, Linda, I think it's a great film. I do not think it's underrated, though. I don't. Underrated is some of the films that we've heard mentioned— that films that you really maybe haven't even heard of, right? And yet they're just as good as any of these so-called classic Christmas films. Nick and Weehawken, you have one for us? Well, you probably hate this. It's not so much underrated. They're, I'm a horror fan, so there are two horror Christmas movies that I like. But the first one is a movie called Krampus, which was uh, the comedian Adam Scott is in mm-hmm. it, Tony Collette is in it, David Kochner's in it. There was a pretty good cast, very well done. There was humor injected into it. And a little boy has a, I'm not giving a spoiler, but a little boy has a terrible Christmas with his dysfunctional family and he summons this this demon from uh, from European folklore called Krampus. And it's actually really well done, really great special effects. Some parts of it were scary and it was also kind of funny. But the other movie that I wanted to tell you about was Santa's Sleigh, which I thought you'd get a kick out of. I don't know if you've heard of it, but... Bill Goldberg, the wrestler, is the star of it. He plays Santa, and it's a whole family of people who have to deal with him. I don't want to give anything away, but he's Santa, and he kind of goes nuts with a with with a with an axe. And and uh, it's not as quite as horrible as it sounds because there's also humor injected into it. Fran Drescher is in it, uh, but I thought you get a kick out of the fact that there's a horror Christmas movie that stars Bill Goldberg. Oh, absolutely! As, as I, I, gotta, I I remember hearing about that. I've never seen that. Uh, Krampus, I have heard of, and I'm familiar, obviously, with the legend of Krampus, and I I usually talk about that on our Christmas show, and I will, but uh, I haven't seen that one either. I'm going to check that one out, too. You know, in terms of TV shows that do Christmas episodes, I love Family Guy, and I love American Dad. American Dad has a whole series of episodes about Krampus, and he really existed. I mean, who knows if he really existed, but basically, Krampus is a half-goat, half-demon monster who punishes children who misbehave. Now, when you think about it, what's a better incentive to get kids to misbehave, to to get kids to behave? Oh, you're going to get a gift if you're good, and if you're not good, you're going to get coal in your stocking. Coal? With energy prices where they are these days? 
coal I can actually have energy and use it to burn and have a fire? I think I'll misbehave. Coal? You mean if I bury it deep enough and leave it alone long enough, it'll be a diamond someday? Coal? Who's going to view that as an incentive? Now, if you think you're going to be punished by a half-goat, half-demon monster, that's an incentive. That's something that we don't see much of in America these days. I, I don't know if that movie brought it back to some extent, but honestly, we haven't taught our son about Krampus at all yet. Um, maybe that's something that we've been negligent then. John and Freehold, what do you have for us, John? Hey, Frank. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, American Dad. They, had, they have a great uh, Christmas episode, two of them, where um, the, the first one is uh, where Jesus comes back and Armageddon happens. On a Christmas Eve, I remember that one and the uh, one where they go to war with Santa. Yeah, that, that was a great one too. But um, I have you ever seen um, Na- uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Yeah, no, no, I, I mentioned Chevy that Chase. earlier. I wouldn't say that's underrated. Would you? No, kids don't even know who Chevy Chase is anymore. I I don't think that that fits the underrated description at all. I, I maybe you're uh, right, but I think I think everybody knows that film. I don't think it's underrated. Uh, you know what it is? It's on television so often this time of year. I feel like I've seen it on TV four times so far. Uh, two quick questions, Frank. Are you doing a New Year's Eve Eve this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am. We're doing a big thing in Atlantic City, and um, you should have gotten an email about it. You didn't get it. No, I didn't. Uh, I'll forward it. Um, I think I have your email. I'll forward it to you. But yeah, Saturday, December thirtieth, we're we're going to the AC Mike. Got us a great place at the uh, the Glass Onion. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll, do, we'll have a wine and cheese party and other things. I'll email you the details though, John. Thank you, Pamela, New Jersey. What do you think? Uh, yeah, a movie um, that I really like, uh, uh, Katie Holmes, two thousand and three, Pieces of April. She's a quirky, uh, kind of hippie-like, living with her boyfriend in a low-rent apartment, and she's determined to make a Christmas dinner. She's not exactly Miss Homemaker. A Christmas dinner for her family. And they've had some issues in the past, and then it shows the family getting to her apartment and her trying to prepare this meal. And I, I just think it's just so, so cute. <laughs> and it's also got happiness and sadness in it. But it's um, it's a Christmas theme. But from what I remember that film, I thought it was about her attempt to prepare a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, was it? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's well, a great film. Way. It's a great film. But I always have that on my list of the best Thanksgiving films. Um, because there are so few. It's a great film, though. People should check it out. It's great. It is underrated as a holiday film this time of year, no question. Thank you, Pamela. Merry Christmas. 800-848-9222. We'll continue with your calls straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.
other side at midnight with Frank Morano. proud to be heard on um, Talk 1400 Atlantic City. They, they're airing us at a new time on Christmas Eve because of some special holiday programming, but hopefully that's an opportunity for us to get some new listeners. In any event, um, I have spent a lot of time talking about the offshore wind farms in New Jersey. We've had a lot of guests on, and everywhere, not just New Jersey, but New York as well. But we've seen all these whales wash up on the shores of New Jersey, on the beach there. It's just terrible. And there's been speculation that this is tied to the sonar mapping of these offshore wind projects. Well, in a biological opinion issued on Monday night, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the NOAA, said the Atlantic Shores project to be built off the state's southern coast is not likely to jeopardize the continued existence of any species of endangered whales, sea turtles, or fish. Nor is it anticipated to destroy or adversely modify any designated critical habitat. Now, the ruling is nearly identical to one that the agency issued in April for the now-canceled Ocean Wind 1 and 2 projects, which would have been built in the same general area with proposed protective measures in place for the project. The NOAA predicted that all effects to North Atlantic right whales will be limited. And this is why I just thought this was such an absurd report on some level. Will be limited to temporary behavioral disturbance. So what the experts that want these offshore wind farms to go forward, obviously... And whenever you know what result you want when you begin the study, it's very easy to get there. So essentially, they're saying that these wind farms are likely to, quote, adversely affect but not kill whales. Now, I mean, I guess everybody wants more energy. But now even a federal agency is saying Okay, the whales won't die. They're just going to be adversely affected. I don't know about you, but it doesn't sound good to me. Not at all. 800-848-9222. Paul is in New Jersey. You have an underrated Christmas film, Paul. Yes, I have an excellent movie. It's called A Christmas Horror Story, and it's like an anthology. It's about three or four different uh, mini-movies, and uh, William Shatner's in it. I'm surprised nobody brought that up. It's an excellent movie. You, you've Christmas peaked, horror story. You have piqued my interest. <laughs> Who does Shatner play? 
He's actually playing. You ready for this? A radio, <laughs> a radio disc jockey, a radio host. Oh, I have to check this out. This is right up my alley. Yeah, it's a, a Christmas horror story, and uh, it's been out a few years now. Not not long, but it's a very very good movie. And there's a there's actually a Krampus uh, movie and a mini movie. Ah. Like I said, it's an anthology. Excellent. I'm going to check this one out. That's a good one, Paul. Thank you. Christmas Horror Story. Uh, it's got Shatner in it. I have to see it. It looks like it's available on um, AMC Plus, which I'm sure I have. I'm paying for every streaming channel there is. Frankie and Brooklyn, what do you got for us? Yeah, how about a Christmas Carol? Alistair Sims? Remember that one, Scrooge? Frankie, there's no way that that's underrated. Oh, even Marshall Wooden Soldiers, right? <laughs> no, Frankie, come on. Those are classics. Those are classics. I mean, they're, if you only ask people to list 10 Christmas movies, there's a good chance that both of those would be on there. I mean, come on. Come on, Frankie. I mean, I don't want to, you're such a great guy. I don't want to embarrass you here. But if you were if you were E. Frank, forget about it. We'd spend 20 minutes making fun of you with those suggestions. Robert is in Manhattan. What do you got, Robert? Good, good morning, Frank. Now, I don't know if you, because uh, I just tuned into this. This is wonderful. I don't know if you consider this underrated. And I haven't seen this much lately. How about Santa Claus Conquers the Martians? That is a good one. I did not mention that. I have seen that. And, you know, it's a little campy, but it is fun. Yeah, it is. Now, I'm going to give you one more. I was going to say Babes in Toilet. And remember, that's shown at Thanksgiving. But I know families who'd show that at Christmas. So, and the other one that you should know about, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It is one of the three movies that were based on three of C.S. Lewis's Narnia mm-hmm, books. Mm-hmm. There is a Christmas element. I will not tell you about Robert, it. Robert, thank you. Uh, those are great films. Help control the pet population. Get your dog or cat spayed or neutered. 